What up, what up, film fans? This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 86. 86. Wow. Long time running. Yes, yes. This episode, we'll be reviewing... Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, you got you got nice color skin. What color would you say that is? My color. And Rustin. There's one person who can organize an event of this scale. <laughs> the hell would buy Rustin? His attention-grabbing antics make him an easy target. What up, Tawana? Welcome up, back, girl. What up, Will? What up, Will? What up, Will? What up, Will? Will? I have no concept of people. You're today. just all over it tonight. And welcome, Will. Thank you for welcome, being here. Will. Working thank the boards you for tonight. Being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, industry news. Can I? Can we talk about the drinks first? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know we we do that. What are we drinking? Yeah, sorry about that. The the break. Tawana's new to the show, y'all. No, no. Tawana is not used. Because there's been so many breaks in our time slots, we keep breaking. And so because we've broken, I'm not used to doing it so quite so frequently. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. So let's 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 start with our drinks, honey. Sure, sure. So we're having okay, so we're close to um we're in the middle of the holidays. Straight in the middle of the holidays, right? Uh so we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We're in December now. Yes, we're in th- we're in December. Mm-hmm. Oh, we hope you had a great holiday. Let's say some people don't appreciate Thanksgiving, and I understand that. Um, but uh, so now we're in December, and what comes in December? Christmas. Yeah. And so, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Why? Did Kwanzaa? Why did the white guy mouth to me Kwanzaa? <laughs> I mean, I should get smacked. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to tap you with this bottle. Real yeah, quick. that was sorry. Reset guys. your brain here. Reset my brain. <laughs> As he's mouthing it to me, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I love that. That's good. That's okay. a good funny reference. Anyway, so Vaughn is king of the cocktails, of course. And I'm queen of the beers. But, you know, I've been trying to do different things. And so recently, Will asked the question, shared us a little link on the show he asked the question of. And I thought um, the interview was about two bartenders in their new book. And they had a lot of interesting things to say. Right. So it inspired me to maybe do some cocktails. Okay. So I did a beer cocktail. And I speak of Christmas because the month, but also my my drink is technically a Christmassy holiday drink. Right. It is called a mold Guinness. Okay, great. Big deal in Ireland. Apparently, this is what they sell in pubs. Um, you know, it's like their special cocktail, kind of like what we do, eggnog or coquito. Um in the Hispanic Latino cultures. So um, what it is basically is their drink is basically apple juice, star anise, cinnamon, uh, and a little honey. And they sort of blend it together and simmer it. 
and it becomes a bit of a hot toddy of sorts. And since, well, in Europe, <laughs> Guinness is usually drunk at room temperature. Here we drink it a little colder. If you're smart, you will let it warm up. <laughs> but uh, to get all the flavors out, really just right. But what we do is, um, we, you know, we kind of enjoy it cold. But this is actually really tasty. And so what I did was I took an apple cider instead since it had these spices already, I threw a mulling pack in the mix, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, when you make mulled wine or like uh, apple cider, you can use that to kick up the spices because it has all the spices, you know, all spice, cinnamon, uh, cardamom, all the things. So I did that, heated it up um, to it simmered so I'm not losing too much alcohol and then poured it, poured it out. And thought, I know why they added the honey now. Because <laughs> it did have a little bite. Not too much. Just a little. And it is actually pretty good. It's nice. It was good. It, it looks a little muddy. But, you know, it is a Guinness. <laughs> but, you know, Merry Christmas from, from, from your local Irish pub. <laughs> right. right. Well... <laughs> What about you, Vaughn? <laughs> well, I just I'm in the holiday spirit also, and I decided to make a cocktail that's good for the holidays. And I was thinking about it, especially around Thanksgiving, because you know there's a lot of cranberries around, mm-hmm. you know, from the cranberry sauces, and there was a wonderful ginger ale that has cranberry in it that everybody drinks during the holidays. So um, it inspired me to make what's called a cranberry cooler, and I used McKenna bourbon, Henry McKenna bourbon. And this is the, you know, 40% alcohol version. So it's not a, a heavy proof, but it's really, it's really tasty. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you're making cocktails with bourbon, you do not have to spend a huge amount of money for bourbon cocktails when you're making a, a drink like this or a punch, because it's it's always better to spend less money on that because you're basically wasting it because you're mixing it in all these different you know, mixes and whatnot. It's not like you're having an old fashioned or you're having um, a Manhattan or something like that, or even a sidecar, anything like that. So just, you know, find something that you like and then mix it up. And so what happens with the cranberry cooler, it's literally bourbon, Mm -hmm. triple sec and lemon juice. Mm. And it's absolutely delicious. And, um, I'm serving this one with a, a lime wheel, and I also put a little bit of the, I'm sorry, an orange wheel and a little bit of the orange oil on the rim of the glass. So it's yeah, really yeah. tasty. It feels good. It feels how they, it's light. And for so so often, so tasty. many people fear having bourbon in a, in a cocktail and there are other ways to drink bourbon. It's not so simple. Yeah. And um, you could you could mix it with anything. Yeah. And this is something you could have used vodka, Yeah, easily used vodka in this. And um, as opposed to bourbon, but this is absolutely delicious and it's tasty and it's a, a fun way to celebrate the holiday. Yeah, it's nice. Like, for instance, we had a apple cider mm-hmm. with a mulling pack yep. and then pulled it out and then threw in some bourbon. Right. And, and that could be your, your hot toddy. That could be your hot toddy. And we could all, you could also drink that cold. Yes. And it was very comforting. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's been bitterly cold in New York, <laughs> except for today. Except for today when early, it's a little warmer. Early this week, it's been unbelievably cold, but it is winter. It is. It is. 
Just yeah, almost. fall going into winter. We're, we're what, a couple weeks away? Yeah, we're still a little, little bit away. A couple weeks. Hell, I'm still getting used to the time change, so we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that, I mean, that's what it is, right? Right. Well, like, yeah, I feel my drink is, is definitely comforting. This feels like you're supposed to be drinking it around a fireplace or singing some right. Christmas songs. Singing some nice little Christmas I mean, songs. Because you really get that cider at the beginning. And then it's the end that I could see where the bite was. But the honey did smooth that out quite a bit. And because of the mulling uh, pack, it's got some um, some orange in there, too. Right. And with mine, you definitely get the get the hit of cranberry and um, and then the bourbon. And with the throwing in that lemon juice, it yeah. adds that acidity that gives you, you the brightness. that you kind of need. Yeah, because it's very tasty. It gives you that brightness. It looks like a Campari. Mm-hmm. It does. It definitely looks like it a looks Campari. It looks like a Campari. And I don't drink that. So, so it's super festive. <laughs> happy holidays. So happy holidays. So yes. Cheers to everyone out cheers, there. Enjoy. Cheers. Enjoy. You will. Okay. Next up. Industry news. Finally. <laughs> Tawana's been chomping at the bit for this industry I, news. So I let's slipped, go. I slipped. I slipped. A little earlier. Um, I don't know. Well, because sometimes we have things to talk about and sometimes we don't. And considering congratulations is in order for all the Hollywood unions. Right. The writers. The writers. The actors. The actors they are back. Everybody's back. And next year, your shows will be due. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, your, so, and your movies. And your movies. Because this holiday season felt a little light. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm certain that's because of the strike. A lot of things probably got paused or shifted in date. Yes, they did. And so we weren't as heavily stocked as we usually are during the holiday season. True. So a surprising hit I found as I went gallivanting through the movies this season um, was, for all those of you who like a little horror like I do, Uh was Thanksgiving by Eli Roth. which we spoke about this once before, I believe, in our Halloween episode. It's official. Every holiday is ruined by horror. <laughs> or lightened up by it, whichever perspective you choose to embrace. But I will say I did check it out, and it was a lot of fun. And I say that to say it made so much money and was such a big deal um, that they're making a sequel. Oh, great. I mean, this movie took 16 years to make. So sequel it up, baby. Oh, great. But it was fun. It was fun. I mean, you do like some of Eli's movies. I do. I do. I just didn't. I didn't need this. One, you, you, you didn't. I'm need, glad you enjoyed it. You didn't need a Thanksgiving. No, I, I did not. I, Thanksgiving is one of the few winter holidays that I really enjoy outside of Christmas. And, um, and it was fun. And he ruined it for you. Because I like to eat. So, you know, why not? Why not have a, a crazy killer? Right roaming now. around when I'm trying to eat a meal. Right. But it's okay. You know. It's not going to stop me from eating my dressing or my mac and it's cheese. It's not. It's a good, like, after meal chilling during that weekend, that holiday weekend. This is, maybe <laughs> don't watch this on the day. But, okay. But in that weekend. Maybe that evening when you leave the bar, go to the movie theater. Right. Or, no, how about this? The next day when you're in your coming out of your oh, food Black coma, Friday shopping day. Right. And either your people. That's a good idea. Your people went off to Black, to Black Friday Black shopping. Black Friday shop. And you want to drink some booze and watch some movies after your games, or maybe right. you're not the—that's true. Maybe you're not the game type, and you want to and see you something just else. Wanna, yeah, you just want to eat leftover pie and veg out for a little bit. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's what I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is the long-awaited prequel. I don't know if it was long-awaited. Is for it me, long-awaited? I feel like people, from what I've been reading, people have been anxiously wondering what it would look like. Okay. So yeah. with that, I say Furiosa, which and is the prequel to the Mad Max movie with um, Charlize Theron. And Tom Hardy. And Tom Hardy. Um, neither of which are in this movie. <laughs> Now it's Chris Helmsworth and Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, cool. And she plays the young Furiosa. And the trailer was just released Thursday, I believe. Okay. And we put it up, actually. Um, okay. It's in the it w- social. It was in the social, yeah. And so we, it, it was it was interesting. It was pretty to look at. And um, everyone else is, is in it. And I don't know. looks really interesting. So if you're into the Mad Max... Saga, whether new or old, uh, that's that's what you can expect uh, in 2024. <laughs> and for those of you who are fans of the Black Phone movie with Ethan Hawke. That was a, 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 a sleeper movie. It was great. Very sleepy movie. Mm-hmm. But, great movie. But it was actually really good. And you can find that streaming. So um, do a little Google search and you can definitely find it. I believe, I want to say... It was like Peacock or Prime. I feel like it was Peacock that that had it. But, yeah, Peacock uh, had it for a while. I think it's on Prime now, but Peacock definitely yeah, had it. Yeah, Peacock beginning. still has it because they have that deal. Right. So um, I think it's, it's that Focus Features. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, so there's that. So anyway, so there's a part two. So the top three guys are coming back. Uh, Ethan Hawke, the kid, and his sister. Right. Cool. They'll be back. And so, you know. And last but not least, Blumhouse has a new horror. I mean, what else they gonna have? I mean, what else? They make films that are not horror, though. Do they? Yeah, they've made quite a bit that I can't. No one can remember. Pull off the top of my list, but when you find them, you're like, they made that. <laughs> when you talk about your interesting news, I look it up. All right. But um, <laughs> yeah. So their new one is uh, Night Swim, about a monster in a swimming pool. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to do, oh, I'm oh sorry, nothing, to do nothing safely <laughs> horror, that's what it is. Well, <laughs> while she's been engrossing herself in everything horror, I've been watching a lot of documentary films. And um, one documentary film that jumped out to me, actually, I watched it today, was called, um, what is it? It's called. South to Black Power, and it's on Max, formerly HBO Max, formerly HBO. Right. And it's um, Charles, the writer Charles Blow from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. He, and it stemmed from a theory he had in, in one of his recent books about what would happen if, if Black people did a reverse migration and moved back to those Southern states that they left in the 40s during the Great Migration. And if they, because the population of Blacks in the South is so much greater than in the North and out West, what it would take if, what it would happen if we moved back in huge numbers, the way it was in the Great Migration, and started to assert our power and got involved with government and politics and then turned the tide and, and change the, the way these states are and, and gain greater opportunities for Blacks and Latinos and women and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so it was really about what that shift would cause. And he just recently moved back South. He moved to Atlanta from New York, where he had been living for many, many years 
And prior to New York, he was living in Detroit, and, but he he went back south. And he, I think he was he grew up in um, Louisiana. So, um, oh, he's from Louisiana. Yeah, he's from Louisiana. So it was a very interesting tale or journey for him and, and others that he talked to about what it would take to move back. And, and you know, traditionally, as a person who grew up in the South, I um, so many people over the years and while I, while I was in the South for the last couple of weeks, there were people that kept asking me, are you moving back? I was like, uh, no, I'm just here to help. I'm here to visit. I'm not moving back. I have zero desire to move back. But there are so many people who do after so many years of being away, they come back in their older years and settle back into whatever life they had there. And um, that's not something I think that's cool, mm-hmm. but it works for some people. And I think that what he's he's right though about the power that we could have if yeah, you I came so. in there and you in a, in a populace where the numbers were greater, you know, as opposed to what happens in like New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, it, it could be a whole different environment. And so it was interesting to watch that. So I think if you if you're looking for something to make you think a little bit, um, and you know, he even interviewed a bunch of people like Stacey Abrams people in, in Atlanta oh, yeah. who were really getting out the vote and they didn't talk about the work that they're still doing well, because, yeah. you know, folks, people are trying to take our voting powers away. Stacey changed the game, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so it was, a, and a lot of people, a lot of new transplants had moved down there and they, that's what actually helped to make the difference. That is what actually helped to make the difference. And so it's, it's those kinds of things that I think that, you know, we need to think about and, um, in just in our viewing and these are options like when we and Tawana were just saying that you know it was kind of slim pickings in the movie theaters but there was a lot of things happening in streaming mm-hmm. tons you know and um you know Tawana and I had mentioned some time ago in a, in a previous show about the Donna Summer documentary which was excellent there's been so many docs that have been really excellent little richard's doc was little good. richard's documentary is excellent um, it's also on max right now donna summers was good mm-hmm. um dion warwick yes uh there's been a few there's been uh, some... um, um um rick james yes and rick james and so i i say all that to say you know tap into some of these things and learn something about some of these people and um you know like you know Danielle yes, Luna, speaking of which, supermodel, yeah. who was an honorable mention because she was one of the first black supermodels. She was the black. The, she was the, the original the first black supermodel. Supermodel on Vogue. And, mm-hmm. and everybody usually thinks that it was originally Beverly Johnson, but it was actually her. But And even Beverly didn't know. And she learned about it during the filming of this documentary. And she was so emotional about it. And I, I, I say all this to say is so many people get wiped out of history mm-hmm. and it's important to tell these people's story. It's important to understand where they fit in the conversation because a lot of the, the avenues and the changes that they had to go through open the door for a lot of us. And so we can't ignore that, that part of the process. And I think that it, it's important to watch that. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It's on Max also. It's on Max. Directed by a black woman, by the way, Nyla uh, Jefferson. Yeah. Really, really good. Really, really good. And really interesting as as to um, a woman who grew up in the South. In Detroit. In Detroit. She was in Detroit. Uh, Yes, that's right. She was in Detroit. Detroit. And she um, didn't feel like herself because she was fair-skinned. She was lanky like tall and skinny very very tall a little separate from her parents 
and didn't feel like she felt she fit in her town. And so she migrated north. She started her career and then quickly found out that she was far more accepted in uh, Europe. Europe than she was here. Not a surprise. Not a surprise, especially for that time. Mm-hmm. And was was in a lot of really interesting things. Andy Warhol films, like right. and 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 really just um she was the first she was wasn't she the first black on Vogue? Yeah she was. Um yeah. And it's just really interesting. There it the filmmaker also um imparted a lot of really interesting ways of shooting it in terms of like uh Found footage, uh, actual footage right. of animation, animation, um, yeah, uh, journals. Right, because it was it was a personal story told by her daughter, yeah, and her it. and her husband, yeah, part of. And so that also made it very personal, and also her sister. Yes. So it also made it started in with her with her family. It also made it very personal. It made it very authentic, and and it made it feel real, and um. These are the kinds of things that are interesting because she was certainly a visionary. She was certainly a visionary. She was light years ahead of her time. Yes. But also light years ahead of her time and yet felt so alone sometimes mm-hmm. in her visions and in her views. Right. And this is why it's important to understand you and your history. Right. Because sure. then you will understand where you come from and how other people have also been affected by this in their journey through their craft absolutely really good film check it out yeah for sure yeah congratulations uh um nyla yeah the director the director yeah please do more please do more yeah you were very good film all right killers of the flower moon moving on to killers of the flower moon the osage they have the worst land possible but they outsmarted everybody the land had oil on it. Black gold. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. <laughs> Who does not know this director? Just say Scorsese. Oh, Marty boy. Martin's doing it again. And, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and high praise to Lily Gladstone, who played um, Molly and was bought to me the star of the show. Yeah, she was the star. She really she carried that film. Carried that film. It was her and it was Robert De Niro. I mean, Leo did his thing, but they really pulled out some stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this film is a true story about when oil is discovered in the 1920s, Oklahoma, under Osage Nation land. The Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery of how they were murdered and why. Let's just say this. Oh, well, I may not agree, but I will say this. I'm sorry. White people be whiting. White people be whiting. Y'all got to take every single thing you see. These... Is this film, Will, this film is not an easy film to watch. It will trouble you if you are human and have a sense of humanity, no matter the nationality or ethnicity or gender. This will 
upset you a little bit. And I'm not going to say this in such, it was not, it was not viscerally upsetting. Maybe there's a couple moments, but it was emotionally provoking considering it was a true story. Yeah, there were there were many times during the film, and I even was texting you during it while I was yeah. watching it, that I was very uncomfortable. Yes, definitely. Because I was so infuriated. Yeah. And and how these people were just taken advantage of. And and it was just so, so, so wrong. And the people in the audience were all reacting to mm-hmm. what we were watching on the screen. Yep. And um one young lady, one young little lady, she was on a date and she was so upset by what she was seeing. She just, by the time it was over, she was like, we just have to go. I saw people walking out who just couldn't take it. And um, it's it's interesting parallel in the film that it happened during the same time as the Tulsa. Yes. You know, massacre. right. Massacre. Massacre. It's Let's call massacre. that what it was. The Tulsa massacre was a similar time period and not it was 30 miles away from mm-hmm. each other and it was such a sad thing to just think people can just take advantage of you but i'm gonna tell you something lily was outstanding she she outstanding i need her to get all the awards from golden globe to oscar i need her to get them all Absolutely. because she gave so much in her performance it was there were understated moments there were powerful moments there was just she had a range with her and even when she wasn't speaking her her facial expressions and her her body language communicated so much. Yeah, but Robert De Niro. Yeah, we know that man is an actor. Mm-hmm. We know it. And an he, actor and an activist. And he keeps doing it. And he's he was excellent in this because he you you hated him, you loved him, you hated him, you loved him, you hated him. He was all the things, <laughs> yeah. and so that was the the beauty of it. Um, DiCaprio, yeah, he did it. He did it. He was. He good. did it. I've seen him in better things. Shutter Ireland. He was far better in Revolutionary um, Road. Is Revolutionary my favorite film Road. He was really good in. That's my um, favorite film by him. Even um um Wolf of Wall Street. Um, it's not that he's fading. I just uh, he did he did his job. Yeah, he did his job. Um, I just think that Lily shines through even about be- Lily. Lily shines through even more. Mm-hmm. And this was very important for Lily to do this film. Right. If you've seen any of her interviews, she is a native woman um, raised on the, uh, the Blackfeet uh, Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I, even that um, native reservation, I don't even think they refer to it, but they, maybe they do. I'm, I'm not hundred percent, but she is a native woman and very proud of it. And so she speaks about on a lot of her interviews about how she sat with the Osage people. Right. And, um, even though they are natives, they are different tribes. And so she absorbed some of their tribes and their tribes practices. And, uh, they took her in and explained what occurred because they made this film in part with the Osage Nation. Right. And, so, and the cast and the crew were embedded with the tribe. So right. They, so they, they had to really be a part of it. Right. So they had the absolute uh, respect and true understanding of what took place in this tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to this day, these people still feel the ramifications of the abuse they suffered at the hands of uh, white people. I mean, these, these men. People. <laughs> yeah, these people. So and sorry. you know, and, and I, I will give 
<laughs> Scorsese and De- and DiCaprio and, credit and De Niro. DiCaprio was an executive producer. Yes, yes, yes. And so when I say that, I say it because their intention was to be authentic and honest about yes. it, the truth and to blatantly, tell the truth, blatantly honest, and about not it. not whitewash it, not sugarcoat it, not try to make it anything else. Nah. It even. They just wanted to tell the the story of what happened to these people, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that they did. And 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 you could tell there there was something there was something in it in those interviews that they, that happened at the very beginning of the film that said to me that they felt it. They were they were immediately impacted by it. They didn't just want to make a movie. Yeah, they it wasn't just to, about the movie. They wanted to tell a story, and they wanted to you know be honorable to these people. Yeah. They wanted to explore this. They wanted to explore this story and tell people's exactly what had occurred mm-hmm. and how it had occurred and why it had occurred. Um, and, and I think it was really important to tell. I mean, this is in this film. Natives are seen. Um, Native Americans are seen in a way that I don't think we were used to seeing them. Uh, they, most of us don't know this story. Right. I definitely did not know this story. I know nothing of this story. Um, and I've seen various stories about Native Americans and the plight that exists here in America. Right. And so, you know, I I'm think- I'm almost starting to believe it's something to do with Oklahoma and how nothing, uh, uh, well, yeah. anything that happens in Oklahoma doesn't get out to the rest of the world. Uh, it's well, such a weird I mean, thing. look at Florida. Right. <laughs> They're I mean, trying to they're trying to completely whitewash all history that has ever occurred, and this is what they're trying to teach in their school. So I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma had a similar trajectory, you know? Because right, I mean, I mean, look at the fact that Tulsa happened there too. Mm-hmm. So if you and with, with black people, so yeah. my thing about it was, I'm glad that we saw this, and these people experienced a huge amount of wealth suddenly once in a oil short happened, amount of time, and then they became. They became the privileged one. Yes. So the role switch. It was definitely interesting to watch that imagery mm-hmm. of them not being like air quotes, so-called savages, like right. they like to be portrayed. People portray them as this ridiculousness. And, you know, um, it was just interesting that the stories of old change in that way, in which the old ignorant aesthetic of natives were able to be switched. And 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 it was really interesting because it was, I saw it um, really big because at one point, I'm pretty sure it was IMAX. Um, yeah, when it first launched. Because it was it really big. IMAX. Yeah. So I saw it in IMAX and it was really big and it needed to be because it was Oklahoma. So it was like huge plains, you know, vast amounts of lands and you needed to see how people were living, how big the land was, what kind of... the um what kind of environment they lived in. Uh, also, brava on both of these films, to the art department, to the wardrobe, to the hair department. You totally took us into this era, and I really believed we were in the 1920s. I mean, the right. cars. The cars, the, the clothes. The clothes, the homes, the jewelry, the, jewelry uh, the technology. It all seemed very real and was really part of immersing us into, into this film. It, it's still it's still sitting with me. I'm still working. I know. I'm still working through it. I think that. Um, yeah, you recently saw. I saw it like maybe a week or two ago. Yeah, I just saw it yesterday. Uh-huh. So my mind is still racing with it. And 
and Rustin. So I think that it's one of those things where, you know, I'm glad that these stories are being told. And I think that we just kind of keep having to push it and keep having to tell it because mm-hmm. if we don't tell it, how, how are our younger generations going to know? How are they going to know what happened? And, and you know, like, since a lot of this stuff was not in our history books. Oh, never is. It's not in our history books. We don't get a lot of information about this stuff. And I think it's it's opportunities like this to share these these people's journey mm-hmm. can only make us better. And, and hopefully we're not going to live the same mistakes that this generation of people did. Yeah. And, and that, you know, you see the error of your ways and you can't take you can't take everything. You can't, you can't take someone else's stuff and call it your own and, no. you, and be good with it. You can't change you know? people. So you can't oppress people and then change their history to show right. that you did not oppress them. <laughs> right. And at the same time, live off the wealth that is rightfully theirs. Right. And, and when you think about this country, you know, so much of this country was built off the backs of so many other people, but only certain groups get the benefits of all right. that right. work. Right. And all that trauma and all that effort and all that right. pain and all that suffering. So guess what? This is yet another example of it. Yeah. And, and um I, and, I really yeah. I really want people just to really see it because unfortunately we don't get it in our in our schools. Right. But also see, but also do your own research. I mean yeah. current uh, this is pertinent because currently we are in the middle of two wars. Right. Um. In the world, we may not be in the middle of them, but two worlds are two wars are happening at this very time, and I think it's very similar. Um, these wars are a lot of what these wars have to do are over land, mm-hmm. and so this is the exact same reflection on this movie. This was about land. It was about property. This was about someone else's possessions and the oppression of one over the other of taking and holding and this is what this film says also and so truths have to be revealed yes they do and stories have to be told regardless of what side you fall on um stories do have to be told yeah and you know as we move into another political year there are laws. I'm sorry, we, we left? We left for political years? I feel like it's going to continue. <laughs> it's a continual It's a continuation, but years. we're getting ready to move into a year of voting. And, and this kind of really talks about... In America, about, yeah. This really kind of talks about the power of that and how yes. so much political intrigue happened and yes. so much, so much um, corruption so was going on within government. You yes. know, local government, state yes. government, because it was definitely happening in this movie, and it you felt it, and and those laws and things. Because considering these people were wealthy, yes, they still had to go to a white man to get permission to get your own money. Right? How does that work? Yeah, I'm right. the I'm the one with the money, right? But you're you're you're, you're doling it you're out, doling it out to me. Like I'm a child. Right. Based on my con- health condition, right. how much I need to live. And my status. And my status. My gender. Yeah. And that that really, I think that bothered me more than anything yeah. else. I'm like, you're- Definitely well, bothered this me. This is their money. Right. And you, you've decided that you're going to control it because you control the banks. And you control how the money's operated. And then you had all these yeah. oil companies, all right. these oil titans that moved in and decided to- start companies yeah. to manage the oil that was coming up out of the ground on right. those people's land. And so it Well, this is why this is why here yeah. in America democracy is very important and voting is very important. Yes. Irregardless of who you like, 
irregardless of who you think that who you think is what, um, what sort of attributes they think they have, age, politics, uh, you have to vote for yourself and you need to vote for the things that matter to you. Yep. which should really honestly be democracy and your rights. And if you don't want your rights to go away, whether you think uh, Biden is too old or Trump is too stupid or whatever your <laughs> beliefs are, <Duh>. um, <laughs> they're coming for your rights. They're coming for your rights. And, and they're coming, they're coming in, in um, um, systematically. And I'm going to tell you, they're folks. starting with women. They, they start with poor people. They end with with people of color, yep. and the gays will be next. Oh yeah, and then marriage rights will be next. Oh so, yeah, so I mean, for sure. honestly, but I'm, I'm not giving up my democracy. I'm folks. not giving up democracy, and I'm telling you real quick, I'm not the most American. I swear to God, <laughs> but democracy is something I do appreciate that we have, and I'd like to keep it. So vote with your conscience, not with your uh, annoyance. <laughs> I don't know what they think. Let's let's not be annoyed into yeah, making vote. bad choices. Just, but vote. just vote. Just but vote. with that being said, and I, learn some history. Yes, please. Also, with that being said, yes, please, please detail. <laughs> go into detail searches of what history really is, and make varied choices. Don't don't just go to one source. For sure. um, also, what I wanted to talk about is, it was such a pretty film to watch. Yeah, it was. It was, and I think that's owed to Rodrigo Prieto which is uh, he's a, a Mexican cinematographer who's worked with uh, Scorsese before and a number of other people. Brokeback Mountain, Babel, Argo, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, so it had no choice but to be beautiful. Right. 21 grams if you want to go into uh, wow. Alejandro's work. Yeah, wow. Um, and then, you know, uh, beautiful and on and on. And so, Alejandro has, has, is part of that collective. Yeah, Alejandro. Uh, you know, Amortis Pedos, mm-hmm. all of that. So um, between him and Thelma Schumacher, who was the was the editor, she's long worked with. Uh, oh yeah, with Scorsese. And she's one of the one of the highly acclaimed women yes. editors editors in, in the industry in the industry. And so, um, yeah, fantastic. Please go oh, see it. I, I just want to add this one last caveat: go prepared. This movie is three and a half hours long. Yeah, you will have a half an hour of trailers. If you know, like I know, and you like popcorn, you might want to throw an extra snack or two in your bag. <laughs> because And don't drink all the soda. Don't drink all your soda. I'm telling you right now, small sips. Right. <laughs> small sips if you got a busy bladder because you're going to be sitting for a minute. It doesn't feel like four hours. I honestly didn't think so. But it was a long movie. Yeah, it and definitely it, was long. It's not the typical length of a film. And so with that being said... You know, beware. And if by chance you feel like you can't sit through one, this is going to end up on Apple. So. Yeah, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. So uh, please go see this movie because I think it's important to have a historical context mm-hmm. of what things really are in America. Yeah, please. And history is important. Please, America, please. <laughs> That's all I'm so, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this a five. Absolutely five. 100% five. Really entertaining. Really just a big triumph. Utterly gripping, uh, you know, a new kind of Scorsese masterpiece, if you will. And once again, big props, big, big, big props to Lily Gladstone. Yes, I want her to have an Oscar. I want you to have all the Oscars this season. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. So shall we move on? Yes, please. To the next bit of American history. Yes. 
Another icon. Another icon. Rustin. We are committed to the cause of altering the trajectory of this country towards freedom. They either believe in freedom and justice for all. Or they do not. On Netflix, uh, directed by George C. Wolfe, starring Coleman Domingo, Chris Rock, Glenn Turner, so many other people are in this movie. I am not even going to go down the list of unbelievable actors. Jeffrey Wright, uh, and that's it. I'll stop because I could just keep going and it would just be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, activist, Bernard Bay- Bayard, Bayard. Bayard, sorry. I knew I was going to get that wrong. Bayard Rustin faces racism and homophobia as he helps change the course of the civil rights history by orchestrating the 1963 very famous March on Washington. You know that I have a dream speech in case you don't have a point of reference right. for this. It all I have a there. dream. One day, Jews and gender, that is the speech. Yep. And it was, and it it was Rustin there. that was the founding, almost instrumental person with his massive team. Yeah, he was the architect. He, he was the whole architect thing. of this con- continual, um, brilliant uh, piece of history. And so because Rustin was a gay man, he was left out of a lot of it because history did not want to keep him in it. And at times there were inner battles because of his status as a gay man. Uh, because he was an out gay man. He, he was, was an out gay, he was an out gay man. And so the heads of state, all these church guys right. <laughs> and politicians wanted to, uh, you know, not mix that into the, into the, pure pool they thought they were and remember during creating. this time homosexuality was still illegal there were yes. a lot of laws on the books a lot of uh yeah. sodomy, sodomy laws, laws and all kinds of things that would put people gay people there's still sodomy in jail, laws on the books in jail and, and you know there was a lot of things and you know he had re- experienced some jail time too yeah. and um which they didn't really delve into much in the movie mm-hmm. they they made they alluded to it yeah but you know there were some things but one thing about this man he was also one of the people that influenced Malcolm, um, I'm sorry, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King. King into the nonviolent. Well, they were, yeah, they were close friends. The nonviolent protest movement. He was really big on that. He introduced them to Gandhi's theory of and and and, and the, the nonviolentness about this whole thing. Yes, that all came from him. Yes, and then he was the one who decided we're going to have this big protest this, and, and get this, get yeah. Washington to pay attention to us. Yes. And our issues. And um because it was about jobs and right, freedom. Right. And they incorporated the unions. Right. And all of the heads of state, NAACP, yep. Martin Luther King, Urban League, Student yes. uh yes. John Lewis, SNCC, yeah. mm-hmm. the student uh all those things were yeah. happening. And you know, all these different protest groups kind of came together because what what Rustin was good at doing was galvanizing people. He would pull people yes. together. He had a young team of activists, mm-hmm. black, white, male, female. He had groups there that were coming together to to make a difference. They all wanted to make change. Yes. And 
he he used them to help build this movement and got people from all over the country to come to this protest rally. Yep. And for that to happen in 1963 right. was practically unheard of. And um and all that they had to face and the fact that he even got police black police officers, black police officers from New York City to, come to go down to, to Washington and be the the policing force during the protest. So they didn't have to depend on the the city's police at the time. Right. And you know, the city of course because they were afraid of Washington Riots. was afraid of all these black people coming into this mm-hmm. town at one time. They had the National Guard, they had, you know, the police force amped up mm-hmm. and they were ready to take some people out. Right. But of course, because it was a nonviolent protest, mm-hmm. there was there was no violence, there was no need for all of that, but they really did all they could to to try to take it down. Mm-hmm. They tried to tarnish his name. They tried to... Well, uh, also his own people tried to tarnish Well, that name. too, but you you also had the government doing it because you had Strom Thurmond right. and people within well, Congress. Adam Clayton Powell fed Strom Thurmond right. a lot you of information, had all this too. information, and, um, and the FBI was tracking the FBI them the whole track, time. Well, the FBI tracked everybody in the 60s, especially black activists and right. politicians. And so the funny thing is, the FBI started during the time of the Killers of a Flower Moon. Yes, it did. They started during that time, and they were part of the big investigation that shut yeah. all that murder down. Yep. So there is the tie-in there. But um, what's interesting about it was that regardless of what what they were trying to throw at Rustin, he was determined to see this thing through. He he was going to make it happen. He knew that they were going to come for him. He knew that they, was gonna, they were going to try to tarnish his name and that of, of Martin Luther King. Because they were friends, and and you know, they were you know they even started these crazy rumors about him and Martin Luther King and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay. And so, yeah. but there is there is all these things, and then you had all these fractions. And a lot of times, what people don't realize when you have people, everybody was in the movement to make yes. some kind of thing happen. Yes, and everybody had a particular point of view, right? And so, you know, you had a lot of players. You had the NAACP. Mm-hmm. You had you know, you had all the different organizations. NWCP, <laughs> and Urban so League, you know the politicians, and so, and so the the pastors and the yeah. and the church movement right. was very very strong, it's especially in the very, black community because the very strong the black church in the black community is the center of everybody's world. It's essentially God, and so it's just <laughs> it's one of those things where everything was coming together. So the fact that they were going to silence this man, even though he was. He was trying to do something to make change for everybody, make everybody's life mm-hmm. better. They were going to silence him yes. just because he was gay. Yes. And he was so, he was one of those people who was very proud of who he was. He was yes. a Quaker. He he just had his own sense of who he was. And that was quite impressive. Well, he was also raised in a different way. Right. Which they, by his grandparents. By his grandparents, in which they were very much... Allowing him right. to understand himself. And they appreciated him for who he was. For who he was. And that that speaks volumes for a lot of people. But, yes. you know, that you had family support. But I mm. think that, you know, he was willing to take take a hit. He was willing to take a hit for the sake of the cause. Mm-hmm. And he always, he always, uh, he always stood up for what he believed. No matter, no matter the, the pay. Right. Or the payoff. The payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's really interesting because um a lot of people don't 
know Rustin, I feel like. Not in this way. No. And I think this is why this movie is important. So thank you to the Obamas. Right, because this is part of their production company. This is part of their production company and part of the productions that they are in agreement with with Netflix to make um, that help social causes and explain historical context. Uh, And so thank you for that. And 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 also President Obama also um awarded him posthumously with yes. the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yes. And a couple of years ago during his presidency. Yep. To explain right. his his essential part right. and, and of the Civil Rights. He yeah. was he was for President Obama, he was one of President Obama's heroes and icons mm-hmm. because he felt like he was one of those community activists yes. that led him into doing it yes. and influenced and inspired him, him yeah. to do it. And I think that when you see people like that that are just so willing to make whatever sacrifice, mm-hmm. do whatever they can to make lives better for everybody, right? For everybody, for everyone. It, it, um, irregardless. It just made such a difference, and I'm so glad that his story is being told, and it was being, you know, led by an actor like. Coleman. Coleman, Coleman Domingo. Coleman Domingo, who is also an, an out and proud gay black yeah. man yeah. who wanted to tell this story. And he, yeah. I've watched several interviews with him yeah, and he, so he was honored and felt privileged to be able to tell yeah. the story. He thought that it, it helped tap the, tap a piece of himself that he didn't know existed. Right. He didn't know a lot about the story himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then growing up, you learn a lot about Malcolm X. If maybe, but you certainly learn a lot about Martin Luther King. Um, And so he he agreed with what we're saying is that a lot of people didn't know his story. Um, Hell, I don't think a lot of people knew John Lewis's story until. Yeah, until his John, later years. And in his later years, before he, he was passed right away. There, he was right he there was with him. He was right there the whole time. As a so, young, young man. Right. And, you know, I learned a lot about Bayer through studying A. Philip Randolph mm-hmm. and in that part of the movie, because they were also very close. Because, Played by Glenn Turner. Right. And, Turman. And I, Glenn Turman, yes. Excellent actors in this, in this piece. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's just amazing to me how so many icons were working together yes. or all in the same I space mean, at the same King, time. Roy Wilkins, right. Randolph. So many people. Um, Anna Hedgeman. Yeah. Ella Barker, which Ella Baker, I'm sorry. Adam Clayton Powell and on and on. And you know, I love that they tapped into and touched on the point of having women as a part That's of what the, I was gonna say. as a part of the protest. Well, also I would, I would have, I, I realized there may not have been enough time um, but I would have liked them to touch on that a bit more because mm-hmm. all we heard, we saw that women were a part of it. Right. We saw that we had these very piv- pivotal women who were politicians and um, activists, right? Uh, entertainers, and, entertainers, and then they and then they spoke about because um, Dr. Anna Hedgeman, played by uh, CCH founder, mm-hmm. was speaking about how women. Not as many women spoke there, and they had actually bowed out because it was an afterthought to invite them. Right. Yes, they were working for the cause, but not they weren't in, they weren't invited to speak. They were invited to introduce the men. Right. Which is ridiculous. Right. Um. And so a lot of them passed out. But I I wanted them to have one conversation about it. It was brought up as sort of like a beat. Like by the way. Yeah. But I would like to have one conversation with Rustin, just one. Yeah. Or with King. Yeah. It or really like, should have been with King. Or like King. Coretta. 
saying something to Rustin because they were very close too. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, then we would have understand uh, or one of the one of the students. Right. And I think that's where Audra McDonald's character came in because she was kind of Ella Baker. Yeah, she was also making reference to women having right. a, a more of an influence. More of an influence. Because they were definitely there. They were the cornerstone, they were the cornerstone. of the movement. And all these men, their wives were a big deal. Um, uh, Coretta, sure. um, Mega Evans' wife. Uh, God, I can't even think. So many of their wives were very important. So, yeah. But I guess understanding film... You can't put everything in there. And in they it. didn't have, they didn't have unlike, they didn't, unlike Flower Moon, they didn't have they three didn't, hours to spend. Three and a half hours <laughs> of endless time. I hate to say it like that because I don't want to scare anyone away, but the reality is that it is a long movie. If you can sit through all this god awful Marvel three hour spectacle, yes, please sit through can, some history. You can go learn something. And please, so, please go sit through some entertaining historical right because it was entertaining they told a story and they and they humanized bayard and made him a character that you really wanted to learn more about and you really wanted to try to understand and you endeared and you got depth in his in who he was and the the people around him yeah and you got depth into his friendship with mlk and like and his his friendship with his wife and his family they called him uncle rustin like yeah you know so it was it was very interesting, and it's nice to see this man be able to be fleshed out in this way. Right, when he was a powerful guy who was very important in this movement, if not an architect of a lot of it. And it's important to know the history of that because that is missing for sure. So, um, really, 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 once again, love the complexity of this. Uh in between his life and his struggles as he faces racism and homophobia within his own community and outside. Really love that. True period piece, too. Another one. Mm-hmm. Set in the 60s. Felt like the 60s. They had all the 60s buses, all the 60s cars, the clothes, all the 60s clothes, all the, the 60s hair, hairstyle. Uh, the music. All the music. So I just think there is a, a, a tremendous amount of work that's done by the art department. By the set designers, absolutely. By wardrobe, by hair, um, all that work is fantastic. And while I do really appreciate the cinematography and all of the acting and the writing and the directing of these pieces and the editing, I also think that we really got to pay some respect to them because you know, because they created the universe that the story. They is create the universe it. that exists within this story, and it could not be flushed out if it wasn't for them. And so I just I was struck by that while watching this, going, "Wow, these places really look realistic." Right. And uh, I was very appreciative of that. So <laughs> it, was, it was really good. It was really good, and I'm so glad it, it's it's done, and I'm I'm glad that these stories are being told and. I'm, I'm hoping for so much more because there are so many other people that have been stripped out of history in some way. Yes. And I think that the time is now that a lot of these stories are going to be told. And we're going to get more women's stories, too, because that's one thing that's sorely missing. Sorely. And I think that we need to hear more about the impact that women have made throughout history 100%. in this country and everywhere else. And so I think that hopefully this is going to spur on more stories about women by women. Yes. 
hopefully and and you know I, i'm i'm so happy that um the obamas are doing this yes uh and they have this production company that they've dedicated to have these things done uh they also have another one in the works um frederick Douglass, prophet of freedom oh that'll be good and so based on the david w blight's frederick Douglass, prophet of freedom uh book uh and so and they've uh, gone back all the way to 2020 where they you know the first film we reviewed by them was crip camp Crip camp, which, which was such a good film it was such a great film and it it talked about the experience of these disabled people during the because they're they're about this, this, civil rights and this was about the disability rights the disability movement. rights movement that happened during the same time yep. as the gay rights movement and the civil rights the movement civil rights everything movements. was layered at the same time yeah. and i think that the, the beauty of what the obamas are trying to do one they're using their power as former president because unlike former uh, heads of state right and heads of state like unlike uh, this current former president who's trying to run again yeah, they're actually Cheeto. using they're actually the using the time Cheeto. To help other people and to educate people and to make the world a better place. And I, I love that they show real life challenges because mm-hmm. it's not just about people of color. It's people of color. It's people with disabilities. It's it's, it's women. LGBTQ. Right. It's women. It's, you know, it's Americans because they have one, the American factory, which is all about life within the... Um, the, the rural areas, the, the General Motor, right? Oh, the General Motors plants mm-hmm. and right. and things like that. And so that's a really important part of our history as well. We just had a union a strike, which they gratefully won. And but, exactly, and they have an, another documentary about work yeah. and what work looks like now yeah. post pandemic. Yeah, and I think that it's it's very interesting that they're they they're putting stuff. this stuff out here because yeah. we need to we need to have these conversations and we need to be able to see what the world is really looking like now because the world has changed since 2020. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that is also what opened up the space to allow us to tell all these stories. I agree. I think, uh, I think the world has changed in totality. Mm-hmm. Uh, health, uh, general lifestyles, economics, uh, even our environment yep. has had a dramatic shift. And that's still a very real reality, too. Hence why it's 57 degrees today, but it was 32. It was 32 like two, two days, days ago. ago. <laughs> so really 29 in the morning. I so, know. I mean, this is a reality. But I, I think it's interesting when people pay attention to what they need to pay attention to and put forth efforts to make the world a better place and to educate people individually, not as 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 these personal pointed moments right. just as a whole so that everybody as a community can be educated truthfully and honestly about what is actually happening right not just believing blips on a screen or on your tiktok because tiktok is not news and i know it's cute for 30 second clips but let that be the inspiration for you to go forward and look deeper and find some more information into what that information truly right. is. And know where those inf- where those bits right. of information know, are coming from. Know what your sources are, because if you're just following this TikTok to follow this TikTok, you don't know where that person got their information from. And you don't know what bias they're using to skew that one side or the other. And history always repeats itself, folks. So if you don't listen and you don't listen, you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, and so once again, I, this movie definitely a solid five. Solid five. Domingo alone gets a five. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. They did such a good job. So uh, kudos to everyone who was in this film. Right. Um, and let's, uh, let's all enjoy some very interesting takes. Yeah, during the holidays. You spend some time doing that. Dig into stuff. <laughs> dig into stuff. And you know what? Think about your own story because I think everybody has a story. Everyone has a story. And I said, think about your own story and, and what your legacy will be. If not just for you, your family, your children, if you have children, and, and just what it means and, and what kind of impact you have in your own community. Because you can make change in your own community. You absolutely can make change in your own community. Hell, I think we're thinking of making some change ourselves. I certainly am. <laughs> and as Be- we have a board member sitting here, yes. <laughs> I have some great ideas for that, we too. Great so, ideas for that. You know, in, our, in our own dwelling. So I in think that it's one of those things to, to really think about. And yes. I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, we've had a, a very busy year yeah but i think that it's winding down in a nice way yes but expect great change because that yes. is what's coming whether you like it or not in 2024 is in right 2024 wow so with that being said we like to say uh thank you for coming absolutely and if you like this episode please be sure to like share and follow us on all our social media platforms that's facebook instagram X threads <laughs> yeah. um, SoundCloud where we host and listen to it on all our various options with Spotify Apple Podcast uh, Pocket Cast uh, and on and on I feel like there's more <laughs> but just type in Beer Bourbon and Movie and if you feel like you need to message us please use the hashtag hashtag BBM Podcast that's hashtag BBM Podcast this is Beer Bourbon and a movie Thanks for being here. Happy holidays. holidays. We don't hear you again.